From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, South Korea is looking at resuming loudspeaker broadcasts to the north in the wake of a drone incursion which penetrated a no-fly zone covering the presidential office. The U.S. and Japan will discuss trilateral military cooperation, including South Korea, in a summit next week. And nearly one in three non-residential passengers traveling from China test positive for COVID-19. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Tom McCarthy. The Unification Ministry is mulling over resuming broadcasts along the demilitarized zone nearly five years after South Korea stopped blasting propaganda into North Korea via loudspeakers set up along the border. The review was prompted by an order from President Yoon Suk-yeol instructing his staff to look into suspending the 2018 military agreement that aimed to defuse tensions along their mutual border. Richard Larkin summarizes the developments. The Unification Ministry is reviewing the possible legality of civic groups resuming propaganda leaflet activities and the military's loudspeaker broadcast towards North Korea should the Yoon Suk-yeol administration suspend the 2018 Inter-Korean Military Pact. According to an official from the Unification Ministry on Thursday, relevant departments are assessing whether these actions would be permitted after President Yoon on Wednesday ordered his office to consider suspending the 2018 military agreement if the North violates South Korea's airspace again. The broadcasts, which range from K-pop songs to bulletins on the South's economic prosperity, triggered the ire of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, who has in the past reportedly threatened to destroy them if they were not shut off. The civic group's leaflets primarily denounced Kim and his regime. Yoon's order on Wednesday pertains to the September 19 military agreement, an annex to the Pyongyang Joint Declaration that was signed by the defense chiefs of the two Koreas in 2018 and was considered a landmark deal under the former Moon Jae-in administration. Media reports on Thursday claimed that the president also instructed his staff to look into suspending the Pyongyang Joint Declaration in the event of another territorial violation. The Unification Ministry official, however, cautioned against misinterpretations of the president's order regarding the military agreement, stressing that a suspension is only being considered for the military agreement and not the overarching Pyongyang Joint Declaration. Richard Larkin, KBS World Radio News. The Joint Chiefs of Staff have confirmed that one of five North Korean drones that violated South Korean airspace last week briefly crossed into a no-fly zone over the presidential office. According to an official from the JCS on Thursday, the military's investigation found that the drone entered the northern fringes of the P-73 security area. The official added that there is no safety risk surrounding the top office. Earlier, the military denied speculation by the opposition and media that the drone had trespassed into the zone, with the JCS expressing strong regret over groundless claims. U.S. President Joe Biden and Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida will discuss trilateral military cooperation among South Korea, the U.S., and Japan during their summit set for next Friday. John Kirby, the White House National Security Council Coordinator for Strategic Communications, made the remarks during a virtual press briefing on Wednesday while commenting on the agenda for the upcoming summit. Kirby noted that there have been some bilateral exercises between the U.S. and Japan in recent weeks in direct response to increasing tensions by North Korea, and such exercises will continue. 
He said that Washington and Tokyo will continue to look for ways to bolster their already robust bilateral military cooperation as well as trilateral cooperation with Seoul. Regarding North Korean leader Kim Jong-un's recent call for an exponential increase in nuclear warheads, Kirby said that the U.S. is closely monitoring the regime's pursuit of additional advanced military capabilities and its nuclear ambitions. Nearly one in three non-residential passengers traveling from China have tested positive for COVID-19 amid government efforts to curb the spread. According to the Korea Disease Control and Prevention Agency on Thursday, 103 of the 327 travelers entering South Korea from China for short-term visits tested positive for the virus on Wednesday, equivalent to 31.5%. The proportion of those testing positive has been on an upward trend since the country required PCR tests for incoming travelers from China on Monday. The 327 who received immediate tests on Wednesday did not include 1,597 other Chinese and foreign nationals with local residential permits and Korean nationals residing in China. Those who did not receive on-site testing are still required to get tested within 24 hours. However, the number of those testing positive after arriving will likely decline as the South Korean government requires travelers from China to submit a negative test result before departing for the country from Thursday. With one more day to go until the opening of the world's biggest tech conference, CES 2023 in Las Vegas, South Korean electronic giants have previewed their latest products for the media. At a series of press conferences on Wednesday local time, Samsung Electronics unveiled its SmartThings station that will be able to connect with a range of smart home appliances. LG showed off the world's first wireless consumer TV, the LG Signature OLED MTV. HD Hyundai, South Korea's largest shipbuilding company, unveiled its ocean transformation vision for a sustainable future, including future ships running on green technologies. CES 2023 will run from January 5th till January 8th in Las Vegas. The rival political parties have agreed to extend a parliamentary committee conducting an investigation into the fatal Itaewon crowd crush by an additional 10 days through January 17th. The floor leaders of the ruling People Power Party and the main opposition Democratic Party reached the deal on Thursday, agreeing to vote on the matter during Friday's plenary session. Following the extension, the parties are expected to discuss the scheduling of a third round of parliamentary hearings and a list of witnesses to call, as well as a public hearing on ways to prevent a recurrence of such a tragedy. The government plans to hold a public debate next week on the issue of compensation for victims of Japan's wartime forced labor as it seeks to resolve what has been the biggest obstacle in efforts to improve Seoul-Tokyo relations. The foreign ministry announced on Wednesday that it will hold the debate in Seoul next Thursday, which it will co-host with the Korea-Japan Parliamentarians Union. Given that the government has said that it has narrowed differences with Tokyo over multiple rounds of talks, Seoul is likely to reveal a concrete proposal addressing the contentious issue during the debate. The foreign ministry has been reviewing the notion of raising funds from South Korean companies that benefited from the 1965 treaty normalizing bilateral ties as well as Japanese companies and then donating the funds as compensation to victims via the Foundation for Victims of Forced Mobilization by Imperial Japan. Real estate regulations have been eased for the capital region with the exception of the Seoul districts of Gangnam, Socho, Songpa, and Yongsan. The land ministry announced that the easing of the regulations took effect as of 12 a.m. on Thursday. 
The move is part of the government's efforts to curb a downturn in the housing market in the wake of falling housing prices due largely to rising interest. The government also plans to ease the pre-sale price cap system across the metro area, except for the same four districts. Monthly wages for military personnel attaining the rank of sergeant will increase to one million won beginning this year. The defense ministry announced on Thursday that the monthly wage for sergeant-level service members will be raised to one million won from the current six hundred seventy-six thousand won as it introduced key ministry tasks for the new year. The raise is one phase of the ministry's plan to increase the monthly wages of such ranking officers to one and a half million won by 2025. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index rose 8.67 points, or 0.38 percent, on Thursday, closing the day at 2,264.65. The Tekkevi Kosdaq fell, however, losing 3.75 points, or 0.55 percent, to close the day at 679.92. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul. I'm Tom McCarthy.